You can be a state legislator or a senator or a governor and not be a leader. It's not the title that makes leaders. What makes leaders and leadership is handing out pain in amounts people will tolerate. Hello, Laws of Notion listeners. This is Kristen Uhlenbrock. I'm excited to bring you some bonus content for this year's season of Water Under Pressure. In this first bonus episode, we're talking about power and decision-making with James Eklund, including the controversial topic of water speculation. You may remember James. He's a prominent water lawyer here in Colorado and was in episodes two and four. For those of you who like to get deeper into the conversation around policy, this one is for you. I hope you enjoy listening to more of my conversation with James. So let's start with the complicated topic of who has control of water. We have created whole organizations, agencies at all levels. We've done this at the federal level, we've done it at the state level, and we've done it at the local level with conservancy and conservation districts that are intended to provide a forum and a representation, a voice for the water using community in each of their jurisdictions. And that's a great thing. That's part of democracy in America. And that's to be commended and safeguarded. With that organizational creation comes people who want to guard their turf and they value control over the resource. And if somebody's talking about something that might interfere with that control, they're very reluctant or, and can be fairly aggressive in their defense of that control. So when individual water users would benefit, but a organization would lose control, there can be tension. Control of water. Who has it? Who doesn't? How was water historically used? What is it being used for today? And what about future uses? Specifically, water speculation. There are two types of water speculation that get discussed in Colorado. The first, which is already banned by Colorado water law, is known as traditional water speculation. This means that a water right cannot be secured unless there's a specific plan to put it to beneficial use, such as irrigating a farm, or providing it as drinking water, or using it for recreation. We talked about beneficial use in episode two. The second type of speculation is called investment water speculation. This one is less easy to define. It's about securing a water right with the motivation of profiting from its sale in the future. This investment one is what you often hear when people mention speculation. There are news stories about private investors scouring the West to buy this valuable resource, often with the intent to make a profit. And now private investors are betting that in a hotter and drier future, water is the new oil. And these private investors sometimes come from outside the state. But the impact of trying to prevent this type of speculation can have ripple effects. 
can you own water if you're not from here? You might not look like us or sound like us. Should you be capable of, of using the state's resource or owning a water right? That tension for me was most demonstrated and manifest in the last legislative session actually that we had here in Colorado. We don't really like that idea that somebody from outside our state, especially if they're from California or Texas or New York, could own water in our state or water rights in our state. We don't, we're, all, we're not sure about that. James is talking about the 2022 Colorado legislative session and the position that some of our elected officials were taking. But it actually starts back in 2020, when the Colorado General Assembly passed a bill to convene a working group to strengthen the current water anti-speculation law. And the smart people in the room that they convened said, we're not sure that there's a problem with that, with people from outside our state coming here and doing what we've done. And we're kind of nervous that you're going to make policy or law that infringes upon our private sector water rights and, and even public sector water rights. And so we have no recommendations for you at this time. Please don't run any legislation. The working group released their report in August of 2021. And the legislative committee that ordered this group to be created took that advice, that recommendation that they themselves ordered and said, ah, we're going to run a bill anyway. And so they ran a bill this legislative session that would have made it illegal for my dad to acquire water on a mutual ditch that he doesn't currently own and put that water to some sort of use or maybe hold on to it for some future date, he, he would not be allowed to make a profit off of that water. And this hits home for me because my brother and I, we love our ranch and we're increasingly ranching and we want the ability to grow that operation. And so we want our parents to make good decisions and if there are opportunities to buy water rights that are good or land that looks productive, we would like them to take a hard look at that. But if something happens to us and we aren't able to grow our operation or if the market changes or if something happens that makes farming or ranching need to look different, maybe we need to unload those water rights that we've acquired to grow our operation and we unload them for a profit, it's hard not to. The value of water is kind of like real estate. It's going up and it's hard to see it going down. We would be violating the law under the legislation that they proposed. That is concerning because not only would we be breaking the law, which we don't want to do, <laughs> but we also would be smacked with a $10,000 fine under that legislation. It's kind of insulting to people in agriculture to tell them that they, they don't know how to use their water wisely. They don't know what to buy and when to sell. And th that was alarming. And, and it's dangerous policy, in my opinion, as a teacher of public policy and democracy, to attack a fundamental tenet of our market capitalist-based system in the West. 
This piece of legislation did not pass in 2022. Even so, one of the bill's original sponsors noted that it was the start of an important conversation around water speculation that needed to happen in our state. And while that bill intended to protect agricultural users, it was this group that found flaws in it. Not to mention the ramifications. I think the intended consequence is to push people from outside the state out of the state, from not, not allowing them to own water rights in Colorado. That's xenophobic, basically. If they would have had this policy on the books when my great-great-grandparents rolled in from Norway, we wouldn't have been able to buy our land, and we wouldn't have been able to operate our, our agricultural production, our ranch, because we would have been making a profit off of the water. How we manage water in this state is based on a system of prior appropriation, which treats water like a private property right. Therefore, it can be bought and sold. It's an asset. And those with senior water rights hold the most value. That's why speculation is such a controversial topic. One alternative to our current system of prior appropriation for water is the idea of a public trust doctrine. This is a historical and complicated legal framework, but essentially means that water should be preserved for public use and that the government is required to maintain it for that purpose. Now, if we want to have a conversation about having some different system in place, a public trust doctrine or something that removes that private ownership attribute of water, I'm all for having that conversation because maybe we should be more deferential to the Ute and Southern Ute peoples that are still here and they're still very much in touch with their traditions and their ability to steward the resource. I can speak for my family and our operation when I say that if all of the governmental agencies and the water users around the state want to have that conversation, we'll be the first people in line to say, we'll go that route. But here's the way it has to work under the U.S. Constitution. A taking of a property right has to be compensated. You have to pay fair market value for that right. And unless we want to have a conversation about those payments being made to private water right holders, then I think it's a disingenuous conversation to have because the people that want to do the public trust doctrine or something like it, that want to retain control in some body politic that or organizational structure that is different from private ownership, they're going to insist that they retain as much control as possible. That's just the nature of the organizations we've created. And it's not, I'm not saying anything disparaging about those organizations. They've done some wonderful, great things and they continue to do wonderful, great things around the state. But on this particular issue, there's some tension. The conflict over water speculation goes deeper than just dollars. I often hear it's more about values, including the skeptical view of outsiders who don't hold the same Colorado values owning an asset in our state. I, I guess I'm going back to this NIMBY, not my backyard attitude that 
Well, it's easy politically in the kind of fractured country we have right now where we're really polarized to go to people and say, yeah, let's attack the other. Let's attack the people who aren't from around here or they don't look like us. Yeah, they're still American, but they're a different kind of American. And we don't really like that kind of American here. And that is such a myopic view in the United States of America because none of us are from around here unless you're talking to a Ute person. And most of the conversations I'm in not only don't involve the Ute people and their voices, they don't don't involve people of color at all. And that's a problem because everybody has to have this asset. Everybody has to be able to use it. And for us to be telling people well, we're not sure that you qualify to use this water or to own this water. That's a very difficult, troubling, dangerous place, I think, for us to go. Thanks for listening to this short bonus clip. If you want to learn more about water speculation, check out some of the resources on the website at waterunderpressure.org. Water Under Pressure is a production of the Institute for Science and Policy at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. This bonus episode is hosted and written by me, Kristen Uhlenbrock, and producer Trisha Waddell. Sound design by Jesse Boynton. Our theme music is by Alex Paul of Birds of Play. For a full list of credits, check out the show notes. For more information and additional resources on water in the San Luis Valley and greater Colorado, please visit waterunderpressure.org. If you have learned something new from this show, please tell us and rate and review Water Under Pressure wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for subscribing and sharing the podcast with others.